Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, welcome. Coming up on the podcast, Transit Union boss Aline Chowdhury on their free ride job action and negotiations with the city. CGOB's voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving. Rookie camp gets underway tomorrow, main camp Sunday. If the CFL and Players Union keep talking, and Dr. Ken Hammond from Reflections Dental on the importance of good dental health. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. The city's uh, position is that uh, that uh, they're not in a in a strike position to take the kind of job action that we're seeing today. And so, we made an application yesterday to the Manitoba Labor Board for uh, an order or injunction or other remedy uh, as a result. Mayor Bowman on the start here on CJOB this morning. Aleem Chowdhury is the president of the Transit Union, and he joins us on the phone now for an update on this job action today. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate your time here. Uh, Give us an update. How is this job action going today? It's going great right now, I think, as it is. It's uh, it's been a good... uh Good day for us, and uh, yeah, our uh, operators are out there. They're doing what they were asked to do, and uh, they're loving it. What were they asked to do? Were they told to tell people not to pay or just keep their mouths shut, or what were they told by the union? They were told by the union that they're not to tell anybody not to pay. Uh, they were told to just uh, not monitor the fares at this point and uh, don't enforce the fares. That That's the only instructions they have, and they're not to engage the uh passengers in any kind of conversation regarding the fares. You heard the mayor there from the start this morning here on CJOB. The city's position is you guys should not be doing this. You're not legally allowed to do what you're doing today. You agree or disagree? Obviously, you disagree. I totally, totally 100% disagree. And uh, we have our uh, uh, legal department has told us that what we're doing is 100% uh, uh, in our rights to do so. And uh, we have our mandate uh, from our members, and uh, we're following it as far as that goes. And I believe that uh, they are in violation because they are actually, they have uh, put out some notices uh, basically threatening our membership, and they're in violation themselves, and we will be uh, filing against them. You will, you will be filing as well? Yes, that's correct, yes. Um, um, question. I had a negotiator, somebody who teaches negotiation at Asper School of Business. Sean McDonald is his name, and I had him on my show yesterday, and we were talking about this, and we agreed that you seem to already have the public support out there. I could read you some text messages I'm getting now. You seem to have the public uh, support. Why do something like this? Because in the end, you're hurting taxpayers, right? I mean, if nobody paid to get on a bus today, it would cost us taxpayers $145,000. You've already got public support on your side. Why do this? Well, actually, you know what? We needed to do it because we're we're in a strike position and we don't want to walk the, our people. Uh, we could have uh, gone on one day strike or done uh, for a few hours, whatever. We don't want to inconvenience uh, the public, our ridership. Uh, you know, so... It, People are dependent on the buses to go to work and to do their daily chores and each and every day. And we have 170,000 rides that our operators provide uh, each and every day. And we want to make sure that those people are not inconvenienced in any way. So rather than having to walk the picket line or do something like that, something uh, we chose this. And we there are other job uh, actions that we could have taken. But at this time, uh, this was the best that we thought it would be. 
any sense as to how many people getting on a bus today are not paying? Any idea? Uh, right now, I, I don't have any idea right now because I do know one person that uh, was on the bus earlier today. Uh, he said he's seen a few people that uh, did did not pay. Mm-hmm. And my, I, I think the majority of the people that do have bus passes and they have them and they've been using them and, and they would not be affected. And as far as the, the, the numbers that they're putting out there, they're inflated numbers. I mean, $450,000 or whatever the number is, it is in the 400 some odd thousand uh, That's an inflated number. I mean, there, there's no way, shape or form that, that that's possible. Yeah, I, I may have said the incorrect number there. I apologize if well, I... Not, if, not, if not I, yourself, but... Yeah, I, I, no, I understand. Yeah, the, but the, the I, I may have said the wrong out. number. Yeah. No, the, no, the, the city's putting that number out to, to the media. Okay, and uh, might we see more of this, or is this a one-day thing? Well, currently it's a one-day thing, but that does not mean that it will not happen again. I mean, it, it's it's been a success for us, and uh, we believe uh, this is the best route to go for us at, at this point. Like I said, we don't want to inconvenience our, our writers, and uh, we are, for our writers, we want to work with uh, transit and the city to be able to come up with a good resolution to this whole thing. But unfortunately, uh, you know, we're not on the same track right now, and we just want to bring them, bring their attention to, uh, uh, to, to what's affecting our members. Do you have other ideas for job action or just more free ride days potentially? Well, we have a few more ideas if we need be. Okay. And, um, you know, I hear a lot uh, in talking, even just in the past hour or so, uh, asking people to let me know their experience today. Did they pay? Did they not pay? Did they see other people paying? As I said, you seem to have a lot of public support. And the thing that they bring up is that the city has been dragging its feet on safety issues. That That's one of the things that's at stake here, right? Well, it is. I mean, you know, it, it we we done quite well as far as that goes. I think in the last few years we've been working very hard, uh, you know, to bring our attention to the safety of, uh, for our operators. And finally, we have been able to work out uh, an agreement where they will install the safety shields. I mean, you know, obviously it took us quite a while. Uh, they were proposing over five years at one point, and then slowly and slowly we came down to 18 months and then to one year. So we're happy that that has been accomplished, but there's a lot more to do. And unfortunately, just Having those shields is uh, not enough. I mean, it will obviously be a great, great asset to our members, and I believe it will drop the uh, assaults by, in my personal opinion, by roughly about 50%. So we want to just keep improving that. But as far as it's it's the working conditions that we're after right now. And the mayor this morning said that you canceled a, a bargaining session yesterday. Why did you cancel that session? Well, unfortunately, uh, right now we canceled that session because uh, partially uh, because of the preparation for what we're doing today. And also uh, we do have a, a national conference going on here. All of uh, the locals from across Canada for ATU are uh, gathered here for a conference So, in preparation for that. And more talks when? Uh, more talks will be, uh, I believe, this, this Friday coming up and then uh, middle of next week. And the mayor has called the talks productive. Sorry to keep you so long here, but I have no, lots no of questions. The no, mayor no the mayor says that uh, the talks have been productive. Would you call the talks so far productive or not? Well, productive, you know, in a sense that you know, we are moving, but uh, in very, very small matters, the matters that are of big concern do not have been addressed, and uh, we want those addressed and we want them to taken seriously because the way we see it is uh, uh, it, they're not being taken seriously.
it's a chance for them to kind of get their feet wet uh, for the guys that are new to the CFL game, maybe a crash course and all the different intricacies about this game, the rule changes and that sort of stuff. And hopefully by the time the weekend comes, they know what they're doing a little bit better for when the veterans arrive on Sunday. That is Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com on the start this morning, talking about rookie camp, which gets going tomorrow. Main camp gets going on Sunday. And the voice of the Bombers here on CJOB Bob Irving uh, joins us now on the phone. Good afternoon, Knuckles. Hello, Mr. Anderson. Well, we are very close to some football. I know it's like Christmas for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to another bomber season. Although, Hal, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I don't get that, you know, wired about rookie <laughs> camp. <laughs> I know you don't, but but I mean, just just the idea of you know yeah. players on the field and practicing. Oh, of course, and there's a certain intrigue to seeing some of these new guys that you've heard about and the Bombers have talked about, seeing yeah. what they can do and going through their paces, which is what the rookies uh, will be doing tomorrow, Thursday and Friday, over at Investors Group Field. Oh, sorry, it's Igfield now. Uh, they'll be practicing, though, on the field next to the Subway Soccer Field, which is where the Bombers uh, have a practice periodically when they can't get into the stadium. But there's going to be over 50 or roughly 50 uh, players there, uh, maybe a handful, Hal, seven or eight, who were with the team last year but still qualify as rookies because they played seven games or fewer. Uh, Jeff Gray, one of those, the U of M offensive lineman. Um, and then there's the draft picks and the players they've signed from the U.S. and the offseason players who were at the mini camp in Florida last month and quarterbacks. Now, typically, the veteran quarterbacks show up at rookie camp. Uh, to help the receivers who are trying to make the team, you know, show their best because you need quarterbacks to throw the ball to the receivers. But we don't think that any of the three bomber quarterbacks, Matt Nichols, Chris Strebler, or Brian Bennett, are going to be there because of the unsettled labor situation in the CFL. Well, I was going to get to that. Uh, Kelly Moore was on with Jeff Courier this morning. I didn't hear it, but Jeff told me that basically Kelly says players are being told by the union, report unless you hear otherwise. Well, yeah, they're being told... uh, the veterans are being told not to report, I believe. They've been encouraged not to report um, by the union. And, again, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe by tomorrow they'll have reached an agreement on a new CBL, although that seems unlikely based on everything I've heard. Uh, I don't think the Bombers expect Matt Nichols and Chris Streveler and Brian Bennett to be there. You know, if they are, it's going to create a real rift in the Players Association uh, because the you know the players are trying to kind of maintain some solidarity here in this battle with the league owners, and if they start showing up, the veterans start showing up uh, at at any camp, even if it's a rookie camp, you know some of the other vets are not going to be very happy with that. So this, I said this a few days ago, Hal. This could turn it turn into a bit of a messy situation because if they get to main camp on Sunday and don't have a new collective bargaining agreement, boy, the the temptation to cross the picket line and report to camp is going to be strong for some veteran players. And, you know, I don't don't know what will happen. And let's hope it doesn't get to that. But I tell you what, it looks to me like it might. Hmm, Really? And, And again, I didn't hear it. Kelly may have been referring to the rookies and the rookie camp, maybe not the vets. And I, I apologize for confusing, but, uh, yeah, and uh, so what's at stake? Is it money, Bob? Is that what, is that really what's at stake here? The, The bottom line is, is money. 
It's always that, Hal, and you know, in different forms. They're looking for better health care for players' long-term health care, and, and that involves money. Uh, they want the salary cap to be higher. Uh, that, of course, involves money. So it's always about that in, in different forms. And again, there's really a veil of secrecy over these talks in terms of detail. Uh, neither the league or the players are saying very much. And they're in negotiations right now, as you and I speak. They went back to the bargaining table Sunday. They were there yesterday. They're there again today. My guess is they'll be at it again tomorrow. Uh, and they're trying to, you know, bridge the gap between what the players want and what the owners feel comfortable giving. And, of course, money is always the root of the whole thing. Yeah. I just uh, I just want to clarify. I, I just don't want to get this wrong, so I want to put this out here. I just got handed the quote. This is uh, Dan Barnes at the Canadian Press. CFLPA says it has advised all players to prepare to report for 2019 training camps on May 19th as scheduled until otherwise notified. Meetings between the CFLPA and CFL bargaining teams are scheduled to last all day today. But again, you're saying you're think, you think they, they're being encouraged not to. Well, no, no. So I get it now, your reference and, and what Kelly said. The players, the collective bargaining agreement doesn't expire until Saturday. Ah. So as of now, gotcha. it's status quo. And this is what uh, Kyle Walters said yesterday. He said, we're operating as if everything's going to be normal. So the players, I guess, have been told, look, expect to report to camp on the 19th as you normally would. Right. But but if there's no uh, CBA, a new CBA, then that's all going to change. So, I mean, that's, that's really the bottom sure. line for that. And again, tomorrow, the rookie camp, always for the veteran quarterbacks, it was voluntary to report. They didn't have to report to rookie camp, but they did to help out. Uh, again, I don't expect Nichols, Strebler, or Brian Bennett to show up tomorrow. I may be wrong. And, yeah, yeah. And maybe they will show up, but I don't think they will. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Can I ask you one other question about this, Bob, now that we've cleared that up and it was sort of, we got there. That's all that matters. We got sure. there. Um, you mentioned the pressure. Like, there are some players that make a pretty darn good buck, right? That yep. they are going to feel that pressure. And, and what sort of a division does that cause between players on teams in this league? Well, if some of the players... Cross the picket line. It will create a real division. In terms of the the discrepancy in salaries, Hal, you know, the quarterbacks get the big money, right? It's the same in every football league that's ever existed. Uh, and then you've got, you know, a few select players, running backs and receivers in particular in the CFL who make, you know, pretty big dollars. Uh, and a linebacker like Adam Big Hill who makes big money. But, I, you know, I don't think there's a real sort of jealousy re most of the players. I think the players in the league get that they simply all would like to make a little more money than they're making but in terms of uh, jealousy and a uh, you know a sort of a a difference of a uh, not difference of opinion but any sort of acrimony yeah. over what one player makes versus another i don't think that's a big deal in this league i hope it doesn't happen you know bob because here we are again you know we got a pretty darn good looking team and the yeah. signing of chris matthews uh, i think you sort of saw that as maybe the final piece to the puzzle. And, and boy, it would be a shame to see a delay or, or anything like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, and Hal, everything I've heard, I agree with you totally, everything I've heard from people around this is that there's every likelihood training camp will not open on time. Hmm. I hope I'm wrong, and yep. I hope the, right. the information 
information I'm getting gets turned around. And, you know, when it gets down to the 11th hour, the two sides reach an agreement. But if, if there is a delay in the start of training camp, I don't think it'll last very long. Uh, so I think the season will unfold on schedule. That's my total belief. But whether or not training camps start on time yeah. is debatable. Rookie camp, though, will start tomorrow at uh, Investors Group Field or next door, rather, at Subway Soccer yeah, Field. Right. And I'll start reporting at 625 tomorrow morning. Excellent. Can't wait. Are you looking at any of these, uh, you know, you got all these rookies. Are you? Have you got one or two you're keeping your eyes on or, or not really? Well, the, one of the returners, Lucky Whitehead, who played for the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. we've heard quite a bit about his story, so I'm kind of anxious to see him. I'm also curious to see the three Mexican players. There's four global players, three from Mexico, and the other one is from, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think. of. He's over, from over in Europe somewhere. He's a linebacker, uh, and I guess he's built like uh, like a tank. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see what sort of impression these guys make uh, when they get a chance to to come out there and you know play with the bomber rookies, because yeah. I think they're going to see there's a you know there's a lot of talent here that that's maybe a little bit above what they're expecting. But it'll be curious to see how they do. Bob, rookie camp may not quite be Christmas for you, but I'll tell you, talking football <laughs> with you on the radio puts a smile on my face. It's close. Well, let's get it started. Three o'clock tomorrow. Three o'clock, and it's open to the public over there at the Subway Soccer Field at U of M. Bob, thanks a lot, pal. Okay, Al. Bob Irving, the voice of the Bombers, here on CJOB. So this week, our uh, our friends at uh, Global National are taking a look at Canada's health care system. And uh, today, we're focusing in on dental care. And uh, joining us now to talk more about this is Dr. Ken Hammond at Reflections Dental. Dr. Ken, good afternoon. Hal, good afternoon. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I really appreciate it. So I've been sharing some My numbers pleasure. today. I want to put some numbers out there and let's talk about it if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Um, so 86% of Canadians would support providing publicly funded dental care to those without insurance coverage. That's from an opinion poll that we had done by Ipsos. Global News asked Ipsos to do that. A third of Canadians currently not covered by any dental insurance. Uh, what do you think of the idea of, of all Canadians getting dental care as part of our, our, our health care plan? You know what? I think it is a, an excellent idea because there's a lot of spinoffs. Like lately in, in science and research, they've found a huge, huge correlation with uh, oral health and other he- health implications such as stroke, uh, heart attack, uh, premature, low birth weight babies, etc. So I think if they invest in um, something like oral health care, they'll probably see a lot of other spinoffs in the other um, uh, avenues of uh, health care with regards to uh, those those health savings when it comes to hospital visits, et cetera. So I, I'm all for it. I think it's a great um, uh, piece of the puzzle that needs to be filled in. Uh, some of the lower income people have places to go to like Access or the Mount Carmel Clinic, et cetera. And other people that are, are working have, um, you know, a lot of dental plans. So this this little piece could be a huge benefit for the uh, the general population when it comes to overall health care. 
Yeah, a lot of people are covered through their work, but I think the number is something like 6 million Canadians avoid dental care because of the cost. And and it, mm-hmm. it in some cases, it ain't cheap, is it, Doc? No. You know, every, every dental clinic runs like a mini hospital. They've got uh, overhead with regards to uh, sterilization guidelines, etc. So, as a result, the overhead in a dental clinic, a lot of people don't realize the costs incurred in that. And so as a result, when it comes to dental care, it is absolutely a price point that keeps a lot of people away. You know, we were talking earlier, uh, I want to get it right here. We were talking to Megan Wilford. She's the executive director of the St. James Assiniboia 55 Plus Center. Mm-hmm. And they partnered up with the U of M to get some seniors affordable dental care. One thing I know about dentists, and I've known a lot of great dentists over the years, right? Um, yeah. Ernie Chalakis was my first dentist when I came to Winnipeg. And mm-hmm. Dr. Alan Grant, and I love him and his wife Maggie, and you're uh, yeah. great as well, uh, Dr. Ken. Uh, the dentists really do give back out there. You, you do. I, I know you do a lot of pro bono stuff, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just recently, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last weekend, the dental college had a free dental day, basically. Yeah. And, and that, that helped to uh, service a lot of the uh, people that couldn't afford uh, regular dental care. Um, I teach at the school as well, so a lot of the patients we see uh, are going there because of the the price point. And uh, at the end of the day, this is a great service that the seniors are getting, uh, and it's great that they partnered up with the uh, University of Manitoba Dental College. And I've been told by all the dentists I've known over my 55 years that a little maintenance, a cleaning, a a filling once in a while, and not letting things get out of control, a little money here and there is way better than those big expenses if you ignore your teeth. Absolutely. You know, I always give the correlation to your car. I mean, if you go in and do some regular maintenance, it saves you big dollars in the end. And I've been a dentist, Hal, for 35 years, and, and over those years, I've seen the, the, the benefits of my patients that have been long-standing patients and just their, their oral health care, just by, uh, you know, continued care over six months or once a year, getting in and getting things fixed when they're small, they're much less expensive, and they're much, much easier to treat. You know, and maybe that's maybe that's how we try and add this to the system. Maybe maybe we still don't, you know, put in crowns and all that kind of stuff. But maybe we put, we put a once a year cleaning in, which would go a long way, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the University of Manitoba program has a great program because every student pays into it. And you can opt out, let's say, if you've got your own dental insurance through your family, but everybody pays into it, and they've got some basic needs met, you know, uh, cleaning, uh, some fillings, et cetera, root canal, whatever's needed. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to more expensive procedures like crowns or veneers, something like that isn't something that is a benefit of this plan. So it's a great way to introduce uh, the population into general maintenance and, and minimal dentistry. And you know, uh, Doc, there's a mental health connection here, too. We were telling the story earlier of a mm-hmm. comedian, a gentleman who's a comedian, and he was mm-hmm. mugged and his his, uh, his uh, mouth, mm-hmm. teeth suffered some damage, and it ruined his confidence. And so w- when we have nice teeth and we can smile, and it, that's important mm-hmm. for our, our mental health, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, confidence... Uh, is so, so important in today's day and age um, in, in, at all times. I mean, you know what it's like if you feel good about yourself, 
you're going to exude confidence, you're going to exude success. And I know generally, you know, there's studies out there that show that people that are confident with their health and their smile do better in life. Uh, Doc, thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. I, I know you're very busy. No problem. Thanks, Al. Have a great day, and everybody enjoy this beautiful weather we got out there. Yes, Dr. Ken Hammond, Reflections Dental. Thank you very much for doing this. Appreciate it. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.